This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world, join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Paul Riley. With over 15 years of B2B selling experience, Paul is a salesperson at heart. He cut his teeth in the propane industry, a notoriously price-sensitive and competitive market. He sold tools and fasteners for the Hilti organization and was inducted into Hilti's $3 million sales club. A professional speaker and sales trainer, Paul is the author of Selling Through Tough Times, co-author of Value Added Selling 4th Edition, and the host of the Q&A Sales Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me today, Paul. Diane, it's my pleasure. Happy to be here. I am thrilled to have you here because um, we're going to be talking about sales, which is you know my favorite subject. Uh, <laughs> and we're in what could be considered tough times. So this just feels perfect, like, you know, the perfect storm. Mm-hmm. Um, I am curious about, so you um, wrote this, this book about selling through tough times. Do you think sales professionals are facing tough times right now? You know, Diane, that's a great question. And, you know, salespeople are always experiencing tough times to, to varying degrees. Um, and different salespeople face different type, types of tough times. For example, you know, a new salesperson struggling to get started, they're facing tough times. You know, a, a small business owner, right? Building up their business that is trying to manage everything and also sell when they can, you know, they're facing tough times as well. When we face a recession, inflation, product shortage, labor shortage, you know, these are all tough times. So, you know, the, that word tough times, it, it really is a catch all phrase to, to, to really, I guess, describe not only recessions, but downturns, inflation, mental, you know, tough times yeah. that we have as well. So, yeah, they, I mean, that's really a catch all term. Yeah. It's sort of life, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you say that tough times are good. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so tough times, they're not pain-free, uh, but they are good. And and here's what I mean. Let's take a look at our own lives. And I, I would encourage your listeners to do the same thing. You know, think about, think about the tough times that you've experienced in your life, whether it's personally, whether it's professionally, we've all experienced them. And what typically happens is that we face tremendous growth after we go through that tough times. And oftentimes the tough time acts as a catalyst for positive change in our lives. So 
tough times might not feel good. They're not pain-free, but they are good because of the good that they will generate in the end. You know, the, the world as we know it today would not exist without tough times. The, the strong relationships that you've built in your life would not exist without tough times. And the success that we experience, it wouldn't be here because of tough times. So in that sense, tough times are good. Um, they're not pain-free though, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. It's like the yin and yang, right? You can't have <laughs> yeah. good without bad. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that's so great. Um, what about buyers? How are they different during real tough? I, mean, I shouldn't say real tough times, but you know, like economic hard times. Sure. Yeah, because I mean, you're right. We got to say real tough times because you're you're absolutely correct. You know, what's interesting to me is, you know, for the past few years, even throughout this pandemic and working with sales organizations and business owners, um, financially, they've been doing pretty good. I don't, I don't know if you've noticed that as well. So it's, it's like we're facing a different tough time. Um, but during a recessionary time, let's maybe zero in on that because, you know, there's always rumblings of, a, of another recession, either this year or next year. There's always, there's always going to be another recession. Um, but during, during a recessionary time, you know, buyers are going to become more price sensitive than they were before. And this is a product of, of really being fearful, fearful of what's to come, fearful of losing their resources. And anytime we as, we as humans, we're fearful, um, we're, we're nervous about, you know, what the economic future is going to look like, we halt our spending. We cut back. That's part of the reason why recessions, you know, dig a little deeper is people stop spending money. Um, as, as a salesperson, business owner, you're going to experience that when you're interacting with your customers. We got to be aware of that. Um, now, what's interesting is that a customer who is looking to save money can actually create an opportunity for salespeople, for business owners. And, and here's why I say that during tough times, customers and buyers, they, they're looking for unique ways to cut their costs, to save more money. And if you provide a solution that can help them, I don't know, reduce their labor cost, that can help them uh, use their resources more efficiently, that can save on energy costs, fill in any number of costs, tough times can actually create an opportunity for you. Um, so that, you know, that's one of the things buyers focus on when, when they do experience a recession is they're going to they're gonna cut back on spending. Um, they get a little more specific on their buying criteria. And this is where it can be challenging if you're selling a product that is a nice to have versus a need to have, right? Right. During, during those recessions, you know, buyers, they'll cut back on the niceties, right? They're, they're still going to go to the gas station to fill up the tank, but they might not get the Starbucks coffee, right? When they're out there buying the gas. So there's going to be a cutback on niceties as well. Okay. So what I hear is, um, yes, th this can create opportunities for us to provide whatever that solution, you know, the, the cost cutting, whatever. But it feels to me like that means that we have to really be not so focused on what we already know our product or service can do but really listening to what the person's telling us and asking those meaningful questions so we can really get to, okay, what do they really need? Like what's really going to help them? Mm -hmm. And if there's a way that I can do it, 
it, it made me me looking at what I offer differently, but that's okay. Right. It, you know, Diane, that's a that's a great point. Um, in fact, when, as you mentioned that, I'm thinking of one of my colleagues that I used to work with. Um, <laughs> this was during the Great Recession, right? We all can remember that from 2008, 2009. That was a, that was a tough recession, and during this time, I, I was in the construction industry, selling in construction, and people were not buying as much as many tools as a, much equipment and all that. And that's really the bread and butter of what I was selling. But what people were doing is they were repairing their existing tools and equipment. <laughs> and there was a guy that I worked with that he loaded up on spare parts and extra pieces and this and that. And he still was able to hit his quota by selling the spare parts. So changing the solution. And what was interesting about that, the parts he was selling were significantly more profitable than the tools and equipment that we would typically sell. Exactly. It's like during the Great Recession when I remember giving a, um, a workshop or a presentation at this conference and saying, okay, hang on a second. Like people still need to buy cars. They're just not gonna buy new ones. They're going to buy right. used ones, but that's where the margin is. Yeah. So, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just like the seller, the business owner, sometimes has to shift the way they look at what they're selling, right? Because we get so focused on, no, this is the thing I need to sell. Well, not if people aren't buying it. Absolutely. Amen. <laughs> you can't sell it if they're not buying it. Right. <laughs> but you probably have something that they will buy, or maybe it, it opens up a whole new opportunity of creating something else that they mm-hmm. need, that they're saying they need right now that you have that expertise or that, you know, whatever it is. Absolutely. Okay. So um, you say that there are characteristics of tough timers. I love this term, by the way. Oh, tough thank timers. you. I, I was so afraid I was going to like say it wrong because it's so different, but um, I slowed myself down and I got it right. <laughs> so <laughs> what are those characteristics of those people who thrive during tough times? You know, there's, there's seven characteristics of, of tough timers. And I, I wish we could go through each and every one of them, but um, a couple that stand out that are that are certainly notable and it'll help kind of tell the story of where this term tough timer came from. So the terms really, it's modeled after my dad. He's, he's the mentally toughest person that I know. And I, and I dedicated the book to him and in the dedication, you can read through some of the tough things he's experienced in his life. Um, you know, the, the very first characteristic of tough timers is, is they're resilient. I mean, resilience is, is absolutely critical. Um, and, and when I think about resilience, I'll, I'll share a quick story if I can to help really sure. characterize, you know, what, what resilience means in this characteristic. And so um, <laughs> I, I was talking to my dad about, about sales and all that. And he, um, he actually started our training company back in the early 80s. And at this time, he recently got his graduate degree in psychology and he, and he got it from SLU University here in St. Louis. And he went to go talk to a professor and uh, one of his psychology professors, he, he was asking questions, wanted to gather some data, and he was explaining that he's starting this company to train salespeople. 
And, and he explained how he was a salesperson for a number of years. And the, the psychology professor said, you know, I don't know how anyone could ever get into sales. How on earth could anyone deal with that constant rejection? And my dad simply replied, replied to him and said, I never even thought about it. That's resilience. Yeah. Not even thinking about it. And, and that's, that's what we're looking for during tough times. You know, they humble us all and they're, they're going to test our, our strength, our mental strength, but having that resilient foundation is going to help you not only sustain, but also thrive during those tough times and, and building resilience is, is, is key. Um, you know, that's, that's one of the characteristics. Also, you know, tough timers are visionary, they're pragmatic optimists, they're opportunistic. That, that's one of my favorite and most misunderstood characteristics, I think, in, in business in general, is being opportunistic. It sounds bad, doesn't yeah. it, when you yeah. hear it? <laughs> like, yeah. oh, they're an opportunist. They, and, and it's really, that's not the case. I, I view it as a compliment, because what happens, especially, especially business owners, right, we have to see opportunity where other people see struggle. And, and that's something mm -hmm. that tough timers will do is they will find the opportunity in every struggle and opportunistic sellers, they're able to adapt and apply their skills to whatever the prevailing circumstances are. Um, so they, other people, you know, they may complain about tough times. They may get frustrated by them. These tough timers, they're able to, they're able to see through all of that to what that core opportunity is. Um, and then also being humble. That's, that's another critical aspect of, of being a tough timer is, is remaining humble. And, um, you know, humility is something we don't talk a lot about in business, but tough timers realize that, Hey, I can always get better. I can always improve. Um, they're not always the loudest and it's sometimes the hardest quality to spot because you can't, you can't really brag about being humble. Right? <laughs> um, it's it's more noticeable in its absence than its presence. Yeah, is maybe right. a better way to say it. Right. Yeah. yeah, and then and then being adventurous is part of being a tough timer, and also remaining steadfast. You know, yeah. tough timers—they're the plow horses of the business world, and they're able to just keep pushing through, plodding along, unwavering, unyielding. Those are tough timers. Those are so great. They're so great. And when you were talking about being humble, the thought that came into my mind was when we're humble and when we know we still have more to learn, then we are always looking for that learning, yes. right? Which is where opportunity then presents itself because we're not so close-minded around, you know, uh, it, it, this is how it is. This is how it's always been. This is how it has to be. 100%. And that, that is critical. Um, I forgot who that quoted this. It was Suzuki. I think he, he said, um, take the attitude of a beginner because with the beginner's yeah. mindset, there's so much possibility. Um, and, and I think you need to embrace a sense of humility if you're yeah. going to do that. Yeah, I love that. I've never heard that before. That is really great. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So then how does a salesperson build that mental resilience that you were talking about? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And I, uh, I toiled over this because what's interesting with resilience, it's hard to build it, build it unless you do face adversity. Yeah. Right. You, you, you need, you know, you need some headwind here to be able to find your true strength. Um, so one thing that I, I, I focused on in putting together this message in the book was creating um, what I call the daily mental flex, which is a collection of six exercises, mental exercises to help you build that, that level of resilience. And every day you go through these exercises that focus on gratitude, continuous improvement, self-discipline, um, maintaining positivity, and then uh, reducing friction between your goals. Um, every day you do this, you become a little bit, you become a little bit stronger. You know, the the CDC recommends about thirty minutes of strenuous activity a day to stay healthy. Well, what if we applied that same idea to our mental strength as our physical strength? Um, it, it's something we don't think about enough, but mm-hmm. that, that daily mental flex, it's really a, it's a practical way to, to build that strength. That's so interesting. I love that idea. Mm-hmm. You also say that there are six critical selling activities to, you know, guide sellers through these tough times. And I mm-hmm. have no expectation that you're going to go through all six, but can mm-hmm. you share, you know, one or two of them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think the, the most important, especially, you know, if I'm thinking of maybe business owners, salespeople in general, when they're out there selling, time is the, is the currency they're investing. And for a lot of salespeople or people that have to sell as part of their role, they only have a certain amount of time every week. And so we need to make sure that we're investing that time in a way that gives us the greatest return. So the first critical selling activity I'd like to mention is, is what we call selection, select. Right? We wanna select the right opportunities to pursue from the very beginning. Um, if you can fill your pipeline with opportunities that are viable, that are a good fit for your business, you are already leaps and bounds ahead of the competition. Because a lot of salespeople, they just go after anything and everything. But if you can focus with laser-like intensity on the most viable opportunities, you're going to be more successful. And so I would, I would encourage every seller listening is to create a profile. Let's be crystal clear on what is good business to pursue. And then also, we need to be crystal clear on what business we need to avoid, oh. all right? Will you say that again? Yeah, <laughs> we need to be crystal clear, not only on the business we want to pursue, but also on the business we want to avoid. Oh, so true. And I just dropped the mic. Yeah. Oh, yeah and there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so great. It's, and, you know, Diane, here's the, here's the reality. All right. 
during tough times, this becomes even more challenging because our standards for what is good business tends to get a little bit lower, mm-hmm. right? Because we get, we get yeah. desperate. Yeah. We get desperate. And, and so we've got to be aware of that. And once we're aware of it, it can help shape our behavior a little bit more than that. Oh. And we, so yeah, I would, I would certainly focus on the right business yeah. from the very beginning. And then um, also when it, this, this is one of, I know we're not supposed to pick our favorites, <laughs> in oh, a book, maybe, but uh, you know, when we're, when we're persuading um, our customers in tough times, we, we got to remember the customer is going to be hesitant. You know, let's say you're selling a, I don't know, $10,000 project or $10,000 piece of equipment or software, whatever it may be. You're asking a customer to make an investment with a cloud of uncertainty and fear that's engulfing their decisions. All right. What we need to do is get them out of that mindset. And so how we can do that is, is what we call stretching the time horizon into the future and also into the past. Um, so if I'm meeting with a, you know, a customer, I might say, okay, uh, you know, Diane, let's look past, you know, what we're facing right now, two to three years from now, where do you want to be? What's, what's your goals for your company? Or, or once we get past this tough time, what is the first thing you're going to work on? What are your priorities going to be? See, that question, it gets them out of the present moment and gets them into the future. And in the future, it's always brighter, right? It's happy days. Once again, those tough times are in our rearview mirror. We put them in that mindset and they're in a much, much better state of mind to, to make a decision. Now, here's the other key. We also want to stretch their time horizon backwards. So if we're talking to a, um, I don't know, we're, we're selling to a business owner. All right. And, and we could go to that business owner and say, you know, it wasn't more than maybe 12 years ago, we were in the Great Recession. All right. Since the Great Recession, Mr. Customer, your business has grown significantly. What are some of the strategic decisions you made during that tough time that put you in a better position to experience the success you have today? Now, we're getting them to think backwards. We're getting them to think about that previous downturn, about some of the decisions they made. And hopefully, they made some decisions to invest in their business, to go full steam ahead. And that's going to remind them that the decision they made during that tough time paid off in the end, which means they're naturally going to connect that to the tough time we face today. And so stretching that time horizon, you'll see either into the future and into the past, it puts your customer in a much better frame of mind to make their decisions. Wow, that's so interesting. Like I, I really, said, it was, I, my, it was my favorite part. I'll bet. I'll bet. I like it so much because they see themselves, you're, you're, help, you're reminding them of when they successfully got past a tough yes. time right? 100%. Yeah, which is really empowering. Wow, that's really great. I, I you know what, I, I want to go back to what you said about in so many words, you know, pursuing the right business, sure, and, and staying away from the wrong business. And um, I, I feel like knowing really who your target is, is a big part of that, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, so it's not just, um, 
it, it's not not only like this ideal versus awful, but it's where do you play best? W would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I certainly agree. It's it's about sticking yeah to where where you're the best fit, and and that's what you're going for. You right. kind of you have to ask the question, you know is this the type of opportunity I want to build the foundation of my business on? Yeah. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Because once you're in it, it, it can be so all consuming that it doesn't allow you to go where you want to be going. Right. And that's when you gotta, that's when you struggle with, okay, how do I shed uh -huh. this customer? How do I get rid of them in a, in a tactful way, of course. Yeah. But how do I make that happen? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right, exactly. And so even though we can get um, that feeling of desperation during tough times, that, that's when we would need to really buckle up and say, you know, I'm not going to succumb to that because it's not going to serve the greater good. Right. You, yeah. I, I almost think, you know, for, for salespeople, for business people in general, when you're going through a tough time, and you're, and you're looking for ways to make money. Let, let's be real, you know, as a business yeah. owner, you, you need to make money when you go through tough times, rather than trying to find a new customer that may not be ideal, try providing a new service to that best customer that may not be ideal. And in that sense, you can stick with your best customers, find ways to create more value, additional services, additional product, additional solutions. And at least that can help you and you're still keeping your best customers in your camp and you're maybe able to bring a little more money in to help with, you know, cash flow, payroll, all those things that we <laughs> that we constantly think about. Oh, I love that idea. I love that idea. So so if I'm understanding that, it's it's it you may end up offering something that is not the greatest thing that you offer, the highest margin thing you offer, but it is still more business. You're helping your current customers on a greater scale and, and making life, you know, potentially a little easier. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. And, and history's filled with examples, you know, of, of companies that get creative during tough times to find ways to, to make more money. Um, I, in researching the book, I was reading a little bit about Stanley Black and Decker, right? The, large uh, tool manufacturing company. And obviously they have various other things as well, but the DeWalt brand is what they're known for. During the great depression, you know, people weren't buying as many tools. So they started uh, reconfiguring their manufacturing facilities to make toys, to make a toy like construction set that they would then sell. And in their mind, they were able to find a new product they were able to keep their employees and keep the machines running. Mm -hmm. And it was a way to help keep them afloat. We, yeah. you just have to get creative. Now they're not in the tool business or the toy business, as far as I'm concerned, uh, as far as I know, but it was good enough at the time. Right. Right. So it doesn't have to be a complete shift, right. Or a complete no. makeover. It's, it's uh, we need to do this during this time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's sort of like during COVID when the distilleries stopped making liquor and started making hand sanitizer. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they made a lot of liquor too, though. I think well, alcohol I consumption <laughs> was up quite a bit. 
know it was in our house for a it's while. So funny. I know, right? <laughs> this is when. What, what else am I going to do? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Among yeah, other but, legal substances, you know, also. No, yeah. just kidding. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but this is really, you know, like there was a company here um, in the Cleveland area that sold produce and various other things to restaurants. And when all the restaurants closed, they put out on social media that the, the, the list of what they had and people could drive through, they could call. Yep. say what they were coming to get and they could drive through and because you know people still needed produce mm -hmm. they weren't going to the grocery store and these people still needed to sell their produce and they couldn't sell it to restaurants and that's how they stayed afloat absolutely so, and they're they're probably not in that business anymore right. but they did it they you do what you have to do yeah. during during tough times to yeah. survive you, you just yeah. do and it what's interesting and, and we go and going back to tough times are good. Think about how that expands your, your creativity yes. for future. I mean, it just, it, yeah. it helps you uncover new ways of uh, approaching customers, new solutions that you provide. I have no doubt that there are some companies that during the pandemic, um, had to completely change some of their solutions, but now they're better off in the long run as a result of right. it. Right, I totally agree with you. That's right, and that's part of that resilience, right? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, so great. Wow, Paul, I so love this conversation, and <laughs> seriously, and it because it's so much great information mm -hmm. for the listeners. That that it's why I wanted you to repeat part of it, but this is one of these episodes that they should listen to over and over again. It, you know, they should bookmark it because it's that reminder that, you know, tough times don't have to be bad. That, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing. And it, this is an empowering message, but it's also, you also have so much, you know, tactical things. It's not just, you know, the, the big overall theory message. So thank you so much for joining me. Absolutely, Diane. No, it's my, my pleasure to be here today. Will you let the listeners know, you know, how they can find you, how they can get your book, all that great stuff, please? Yeah, sure. So, you know, the book, again, it's it's called Selling Through Tough Times. It's it's available wherever you get your books. Um, it might not be on the, the shelf, uh, but it's available at Amazon. You can order it through Barnes & Noble, um, 800 CEO reads, you know, wherever you get your books. Um, but what I would encourage your, your audience to do, um, I, I do have a, a complimentary giveaway. So if you would visit a toughtimer.com, which is just like it sounds, T-O-U-G-H, timer, T-I-M-E-R.com, you, um, you can actually go to the uh, download section, or excuse me, the book section of the website, and you can download three complimentary chapters, one of which is all about crafting your customer message during tough times. And I provide a template in how to create it, how to do it. It's really tactical and very timely. So I would encourage your audience to go there. And then also I'm most active on LinkedIn. So, you know, your members could follow, or your listeners rather can follow me on LinkedIn. I share sales related content. Uh, several times a week, daily, usually. And uh, yeah, that's, that's just a little bit about how to connect. 
Hey, but and now tell them about your podcast and how they can find that. Oh yeah, the, the podcast. So <laughs> my podcast is called the Q and A Sales Podcast. So what I do is I answer questions that salespeople, sales leaders, and business owners submit to me. Um, so we have a question form on the website. Uh, the website is the Q&A salespodcast.com, but it's, it's available wherever you download your podcasts. So great. It's so great. I'll make sure that's in there too, because boy, you know, it's just one other way of getting the information that you need. So Paul, oh, thank you. Thank you for everything you're doing for the business community and also for spending this time with me and my listeners. Absolutely, Diane. Thank you. Absolutely. And listeners, thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so.